Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This will be for Ezekiel chapter 43. I'm going to read the heading, The glory of God fills the temple. His throne is there, and he promises to dwell in the midst of Israel forever. Ezekiel sees the altar and sets forth the ordinances thereof. Verse 1, Afterward he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looketh our faces toward the east. Remember that this is the direction that the Savior comes from uh, at the second coming. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the west, from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw, even according to the vision that I saw when I came to destroy the city. <clears throat> and the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Chabar, and I fell upon my face. He's referring here to the vision that he saw in chapters 9 and 10 and 11. In the first vision, he saw the temple in corruption. Now he sees it in its glory. Verse 4, And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate, whose prospect is toward the east. So the Spirit took me up and brought me in the, into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. In other words, Jesus comes into the temple to reign as king of kings during the millennium. And I heard him speaking unto me out of the house, and the man stood by me. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne... This is the throne of, of Christ and the place of the soles of my feet. We know that Jesus walks the temples where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. And my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they nor their kings by their whoredom nor by their carcasses of their kings in their, in their high places. In their setting of their threshold by my thresholds and, the, and their post by my posts and the wall before me, or between me and them, they have defiled my holy name by their abominations. They have committed, that wherefore I have consumed them in mine anger. Now let them put away their whoredom and the carcasses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell in the midst of them forever. Thou son of man, show the house of the to the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern or arrangement or the plan. And if they be ashamed... Of all that they have done, show them the form of the house, and the fashion thereof, and the goings out thereof, and the comings in thereof, and all the forms thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and all the forms thereof, and all the laws thereof, and, and write it in their sight, that they may keep the whole form thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and do them. In other words, the law of the Lord will go from the, go forth from the temple. This is the law of the house. Upon the top of the mountain, the whole limit thereof round about shall be most holy." In other words, the ground of the temple will be holy, because, behold, this is the law of the house. And these are the measures of the altar after the cubits. The cubit is a cubit and an hand breadth. Even the bottom shall be a cubit, and the breadth of a cubit, and the border thereof by the edge thereof round about shall be a span, and this shall be a higher place of the altar. The span is the width of your hand when you stretch forth your fingers from the tip of your thumb to the tip of your little finger. So the altar shall be four cubits, and from the altar and upward shall be four horns. And the altar shall be twelve cubits long, twelve broad, square, and the four squares thereof. In other words, it will be eighteen 
by 18 feet or 324 square foot altar. And the settle shall be 14 cubits long and 14 broad in the four squares thereof. So that's going to be the base of it. And the border shall, and the border about it shall be a half a cubit and the and the bottom thereof shall be a cubit about, and his stairs shall look toward the east. And he said unto me, Son of man, thus saith the Lord God, These are the ordinances of the altar in the day when they shall make it, to offer burnt offerings thereon, and to sprinkle blood thereon. So he sees the exact measurements of the altar, and that sacrifices would once again be offered at the altar as anciently. And thou shalt give to the priests, the Levites, that be of the seed of Zadok, which approach unto me, to minister unto me, saith the Lord God, a young bullock for a sin offering. We mentioned before that Zadok was the high priest during the reign of King David, and the lineage of Israel's legitimate high priests descended from his line, through which John the Baptist came into the world. Verse 20, And thou shalt take of the blood thereof, and put it upon the four horns of it, the altar meaning and the four corners of the saddle and upon the round and upon the border round about thus shalt thou cleanse and purge it thus shalt thou take the bullock also of the sin offering and he the officiating priest shall burn it in the appointed place of the house without the sanctuary in other words outside the holy place and on the second day thou shalt offer a kid of the goats without blemish for a sin offering and they shall cleanse the altar as they did cleanse it with the bullock when thou hast made an end of cleansing it Thou shalt offer a young bullock without blemish, and a ram out of the flock without blemish. And thou shalt offer them before the Lord, and the priests shall call, shall cast salt upon them, and they shall offer them up for a burnt offering unto the Lord. Seven days shalt thou prepare every day a goat for a sin offering. They shall also prepare a young bullock and a ram out of the flock without blemish. Seven days shall they purge the altar and purify it, and they shall consecrate themselves. And when these days are expired, it shall be that the, upon the eighth day and so forward, the priests shall make your burnt offerings upon the altar and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, saith the Lord God. Remember, this is premillennial. This has to be before the second coming because they're, they're still sacrificing animals, which will not happen uh, after the second coming happens. The vision may not be literal, but an idealized portrait of restored Israel. As we know, the scriptures make it clear that the law of Moses and its sacrifices by the shedding of blood were ended with the atonement of Jesus Christ. Given this fact, it seems unlikely that a temple set for the performance of mosaic animal sacrifices will ever again be built, especially during the millennium, when there will be no death. Future temples, both before and after the second coming, will presumably be similar to those with which we are familiar in the church now, in which ordinances of the Melchizedek priesthood will be performed for the living and the dead. <clears throat> Joseph Smith taught that to make Joseph Smith taught that to make the restoration complete, all things had under the authority of the priesthood at any former period shall be had again. He included the restoration of sacrifice in his discussion, though not of those sacrifices that were revealed with the law of Moses. Given the clear message from the scriptures that animal sacrifice ended with Christ, perhaps we can view the sacrifice of which the prophet spoke as a short-term or one-time event in fulfillment of Malachi 3, uh, verses 3 and 4. Which reads, um, and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old as, and as in former years, to signal that the Levites are again in the covenant and have assumed their rightful priesthood function in the house of Israel. 
Joseph Fielding Smith said, when these temples, that set the temple seen by Ezekiel and others to be built in the New Jerusalem, are built, it is very likely that provision will be made for some ceremonies and ordinances which may be performed by the Aaronic priesthood, and a place provided where the sons of Levi may offer their offering in righteousness. This will have to be the case because all things are to be restored. Sacrifice by the shedding of blood it was instituted in the days of Adam and of necessity will have to be restored. The sacrifice of animals will be done to complete the restoration when the temple spoken of is built at the beginning of the millennium or in the restoration. Blood sacrifices will be performed long enough to complete the fullness of the restoration in this dispensation. Afterwards, sacrifice will be of some other character. So at least for a time, the sacrifices to be done in the temple at Jerusalem here that are being mentioned will have to be done at least for a little bit, and then then that will stop because the second coming will have happened and sacrifices won't be happening anymore because Uh, We don't uh, cause death upon animals anymore. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.